Dear Bernadette Joy is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. Hey guys, it's Bernadette Joy. I'm the founder at Crush Your Money Goals and I am super excited to present to you this next season where I'm going to be answering your questions. Since I started this company in 2016, I have fielded thousands of questions about personal finance and I am here to tell you what you want to know based on my personal experience and having worked with many of you. And all of these questions are not just related to money, but also how it affects our personal life, our family, our careers, and everything that we care about in our daily life. So welcome to season four, Dear Bernadette Joy. This is a question that I get at least 10 times a year, and it's a good one because it is a cause for debate. Dear Bernadette Joy, is it worth having a credit card to earn points? I personally quit using credit cards three years ago to pay off all of my debt. But to be clear, I am not against other people using credit cards. I just don't use them myself. However, when someone hears this, they inevitably ask, what about the points? Why wouldn't you use them? This then turns into a disguised defense to why they use them. Honestly, nobody really cares whether or not I use credit cards. What they are really wondering is whether or not their credit card usage is justified by earning points. After being asked this time and time again, I instead learned to ask these nine questions. And if the person can say yes to all nine, I don't have any particular objection, even though I still won't use them. That being said, if you say no to even one of these, it is worth questioning if credit cards and their points are really worth it to you. Start with the basics. Do you have a steady income? Self-explanatory. Without consistent cash flow, credit cards are more likely to build debt that cancel the point benefits. Number two, have you never carried a balance? If you have never paid credit card interest in your life, then the points could be worth it but it's more likely that you have as 55% of Americans have credit card debt. If you've ever carried a balance, even sporadically, you're really paying for your points just in the form of interest payments. Number three, can you pay all your expenses for a month without a credit card? Even with a steady job and never carrying a balance, once I cut up my credit cards, I overdrafted my account for the very first time. It was a clear sign that I spent money I didn't have at the time that I actually spent it. Until then, it was masked by my usage of credit cards. When I used cash and a debit card, it became clearer whether I could afford the bills that I had or not. Now let's talk about your financial stability. These next questions focus on how stable you are from a financial perspective. Number four, do you have an emergency fund other let me repeat, other than your credit card. Someone once asked me how to cover emergencies if she didn't have a credit card. Since my husband and I stopped using credit cards, we have had a washing machine flood, a roof leak, removed trees dangerously close to falling on our house, and had to pay for four stitches on my husband's hands 
thanks to my vegan brownie cutting fiasco, we will have that as another podcast episode, I'm sure. We have not once used a credit card since, thanks to having at least three months worth of cash in an emergency fund at all times. Number five, are you debt free? If you have no debt, Using a credit card for points might be okay, but if you are making minimum payments on student loans, car payments, unpaid medical bills, or any unpaid bills for that matter, you are likely overextended already. Number six, are you maxing out retirement funds? For 2020, total contributions to all of your IRAs can go up to $6,000 or $7,000 if you're age 50 or older. If you have access to something like a 401k, then you can contribute up to $19,500 a year. If you are easily maxing these out with money to burn, then yes, those miles can come in handy, especially if you're tracking to retire early. And hey, travel with those miles later on. But here's the part that I think people overlook most often, which is thinking about your emotional well-being when it comes to credit cards. Number seven, are you sticking to a monthly budget? If every month you look at your bank account and know exactly how much money is going to be in there, chances are you're already pretty meticulous about your spending, and if a credit card wouldn't change that, then sure, points can be an absolute bonus. Number eight, and this one is a doozy. Are you proud of how you spend your money? If someone close to you saw your credit card statement, would you be comfortable with what they find? If you're hiding spending from a partner, friends, or family, or just feel really guilty every time you open up your credit card statements, this could indicate that credit cards are causing more harm than good. And number nine, this is one that was surprising even to me. Would you feel secure not having a credit card? In reality, you can benefit most from credit cards and credit card points when you don't need credit cards in the first place. I have a client that once told me that she'd refused to break up with her credit card because she had a relationship with her credit card longer than she had with her husband. If the idea of not having a credit card causes a feeling of panic, it may be a signal to focus on your finances as a whole and not just racking up points. Not having used a credit card in three years and being completely debt-free has given me more financial peace of mind than any piece of plastic ever did. Hey guys, it's Bernadette. If you like what you're hearing but want to meet in real life, consider taking my next masterclass or joining my membership at crushyourmoneygoals.com. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse because online scheduling saves me time. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. This is a question that surprisingly I get more often than I even realized. And it's this from those people who are trying to become debt-free. Dear Bernadette Joy, is paying off debt worth whatever missing out comes along with it? Now, the number one pushback I hear from people avoiding paying off debt isn't because they want to invest instead or that they have bigger plans for their money. Summed up, it's YOLO, the modern day carpe diem. I hear from people all the time, life is short, so why stop living my life the way I like it to pay off debt? 
To bring this point home, here are some real comments I've received during my journey to debt freedom. Paying off debt sounds miserable. I like having a social life, and I don't want to stay home all the time. Or, you can't be eating well if you're paying off debt. I'd rather eat more than just ramen noodles. Cut off my streaming services? I can't live without my TV shows. Wow, give up vacations and time with your family? Doesn't seem worth it. At first, I was taken aback by these comments, not because they were particularly offensive, but because they were so off-base as far as what my life actually was like while paying off my student loans and mortgage. It's an understandable feeling to have, though, since a lot of the messaging out there, namely one particular debt-free expert, is that if you are living on a budget, then you must cut everything out. So to answer whether paying off debt is worth the ongoing hashtag FOMO or fear of missing out, I thought it would be helpful to give a snapshot of what my life looked like for me while paying off debt and how I continue now in order to make the most of my budget. One thing is that I'd still hang out with my friends and family on the regular, but I did so affordably and spent on things I actually wanted to do. Yes, it's true. I wasn't going out and buying rounds of shots every weekend like I once did when I had very little regard for my finances before I started my debt-free journey. And yes, those times definitely had their fun moments. They were also really expensive. The vast majority of the time, the food was forgettable and the drinks were too. Literally, one too many drinks erased memories, but unfortunately not the credit card charges. When my husband and I started our debt-free journey, we exchanged nights out on the town for potlucks, karaoke in our living room, and board game nights in. I remember worrying that people would think that we were super lame. I posted the pictures from our game nights on Instagram anyway, and funny enough, the same people I was worried about who would be judging me were the same people who were messaging me asking why they hadn't been invited to our board game nights. It turns out, whether you're spending a ton of money or not much at all, if you're having fun, someone is always going to feel FOMO, which is why you might as well not break the bank and just have fun. The great side effects are that we saved a ton of money, made a solid group of close friends who genuinely share the same interests, and stumbled on a new passion, aka our collection of 100 plus board games that give us plenty of options for hosting friends at our home. The other myth is I didn't just eat ramen, but I just didn't eat out as much as I used to. Full disclosure, AJ totally loves eating ramen, and that's because we're Asian, and well, he also just really likes ramen. In my opinion, the best thing you can do for your finances is learn how to cook. At the very least, learn how to cook your favorite dishes. Even after we became debt-free, our grocery budget has remained about the same, $50 per week for two people. Yes, that is three meals a day. And yes, we do eat things like cage-free eggs, organic fruits, and grass-fed chicken. That being said, we are careful to buy only what we can eat for the week and make sure to buy when our favorites go on sale. Yes, getting on a tight budget did mean we didn't eat out every day, but we left room to eat out once or twice a week. Truthfully, it can get super exhausting cooking every single night. But when we do go out to eat, it was usually for dishes that we weren't apt to cook ourselves. I no longer buy $38 ribeye steaks because I can cook them at home for $8.99 a pound. We will, however, go out for sushi, lamb souvlaki, or real New York pizza. None of that thin crust bullshit. We have no desire to try and replicate those things in our own home, and it makes dining out a little bit more special. 
Another interesting change was that less screen time meant I had more time than I had before. Instead, I'm choosing JOMO instead of FOMO. I love television. I will binge watch a season of anything if you leave me to my own devices. We cut off our Netflix at first to save money, but it turns out that all the time I was complaining that I never had was spent watching TV. All of a sudden, I had plenty of time to learn how to play the piano, read books for fun, educate myself about money, and stalk my favorite K-pop groups when I'm craving that screen time on YouTube, though, for free. Instead of FOMO, I'm trying JOMO, the joy of missing out. I'm filling my time with new skills and ideas I wouldn't have picked up if not for missing out on something else less important. The FOMO of what happened to my Law & Order characters did not outweigh the joy from playing those piano songs for my family during the holidays or getting in deep conversation about my favorite parts of The Alchemist with a colleague that I finally had a chance to read. I've even learned so much about K-pop in my free time, I actually delivered a presentation on what Americans can learn from the business model of K-pop. This is true. (laughs) Paying down debt unexpectedly opened up all this time to explore my nerdy hobbies. And yes, I did give up smaller vacations before, but now I can travel bigger and stress-free. In my previous season, I talk about having to forego a friend's bachelorette party once, letting her know I couldn't afford it while I was paying off my student loans. That was one of the toughest conversations I've ever had to have. I felt like I was letting her down. The truth is, I was so stressed out between starting a new business, paying off debt, and still trying to keep up appearances that I was worn out. Just a few years later, I've been able to pay for a week-long vacation in Italy in cash and spend nearly $1,000 to fly and watch my favorite musical group sell out their stadium concert. That same friend whose bachelorette party I missed was pregnant with her first baby the time I became debt-free. She wanted to go on vacation before the baby was born. Her last hurrah. This time, I was able to take off as much time as I wanted because I paid off my student loans, quit my corporate job, and no longer needed to ask for permission from anyone to take vacation. I didn't have to ask how much the trip would be because I knew I could afford it without having to put it on a credit card. She is still one of my very best friends, and we haven't skipped a beat. Look, my life is far from perfect. Becoming debt-free was really, really hard. If you're absolutely loving your life and not worried about money at all, then more power to you. But if debt is keeping you from living the life you want, a little FOMO now can mean a lot less FOMO in the future once you are debt-free. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dear Bernadette Joy. Now I'm going to ask you for three quick favors. One is to leave a review and let us know what you liked about this episode. Two is to follow on all social media at Bernadette Joy and submit your questions to be featured in a future episode. And three, if you want to actually meet in real life and learn how to crush your money goals, visit my website at crushyourmoneygoals.com.